Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to the Fighting on Film podcast, the podcast all about classic and obscure war movies, from the Normandy landings to the days of chivalry and swords. If it's been captured on film, we're going to try and cover it. I'm Robbie of RM Military History. I'm Matthew Moss of Historical Firearms and the Armourer's Bench. Hello and welcome back to Fighting on Film. This week we are taking a look at Michael Bay's Bad Boys in Benghazi, which came out in 2016. Of course, is I'm that, joking. Is, is that your alternate title? That's, <laughs> that's, my that's alternate. quite good, actually. <laughs> of course, I, I'm, I'm, I joke, I jest. We are, of course, discussing today 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi, which came out in 2016 um, and is about the incident which happened in uh september 2012 uh in benghazi where a uh u.s uh sort of uh annex diplomatic CIA annex, annex yeah um well the, the 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 diplomatic annex was attacked mm. first and then the cia annex um was was also attacked um which resulted in a a multi-hour siege and a yes. diplomatic incident and a, and a massive crisis we probably won't be discussing the sort of like the the politics side of this because obviously it, in the US the you know the incident has a lot of politics behind it and a lot yeah, of blame. Yeah. Um, but we're just going to be discussing this as a, as a film as we normally do. As we always say, we're a film show about history stuff, not a history show about film stuff. Exactly. Which we should we should preface. Do you want me to do cast first and then production? Why not? Because I always think production flows into the retro review a lot nicer. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right, so we have the GRS team, which is the uh, the team of uh, ex-army, uh, ex-military contractors who are protecting the CIA annex. Um, mm. In the film's lead role, we have John Krasinski as Jack Silver, uh, best known for his role as Jim on the American version of The Office. Um, other notable roles include Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime, uh, A Quiet Place, 
and he also played Reed Richards in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, and he's married to Emily Blunt, which I, I think is amazing. What a power couple that is. Um, then we have James Badge Dale as Tyrone Roan Woods. He played Robert Leckie in the Pacific. You know, very recognisable face um, if you're a fan of those series. He's very um, good in this. Very good. Very. He should be a lot, lot more. Like, I think he's fantastic. Mm. Um, plays that ex-army sort of hard nut really well. Um, good leader. Um, then we have, he's also been in The Departed, uh, 24, CSI Miami, CSI New York, World War Z and Iron Man 3. Then we have Max Martini as Mark Osgeist. He played Corporal Henderson in Saving Private Ryan. Um, he was in The Great Raid, Pacific Rim, uh, Sergeant Will Gardner which is a film he uh, wrote and directed himself, I think. Um, and his TV work includes 24, uh, The Unit, which is like an American ultimate force, if you remember that from back in the day, Matt. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good show, I remember. Um, I Before only watched Seals it because, uh, became a thing, yeah. That's it. I watched it because it was on an episode of uh, TV Brooker's, uh, Charlie Brooker's TV show that he used to do. Oh, uh, was it? Screen okay. Yeah, it was on yeah, that. Yeah, um, and Then he was also in Hawaii Five-0, uh, the, the new one, not the, not the old one. Uh, Training mm. Day and a, a, a series called Crisis. Then we have Dominic Famuza as John Tig Tegan. Uh, his film roles include Allegiance, which is a 2004 Iraq war film about the uh, n- about a National Guard unit from New York um, just before they go out to Iraq. Oh, uh, Focus good. and the report as TV work. He's probably best known for his role as Kevin Payton in Nurse Jackie, um, which was a black comedy that came out a few years ago. Um, he was also in The Sopranos, uh, Law and Order, Homeland, Blue Bloods, and more recently, the Equalizer remake series. I'm rattling through this week, guys, because there's a heck of a lot of people um, going on. There's there's different factions and teams, so I'm, mm, I'm trying is. to get through them. Um, then we have Pablo Schreiber as Chris Tanto Paranto. Uh, Paranto. Uh, his film roles include, uh, he was also with Famusa in Allegiance. He was in The Manchurian Candidate. Uh, and TV roles, I know him best uh, for his role as Porn Tash in Orange is the New Black, if you remember watching that, Matt. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, quite an early I role for him. I had to put it together that it was him, actually, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's in American Gods at the brink, and most recently has uh, got some notoriety for playing Master Chief in Paramount Plus's Halo TV series. I recently watched the first episode of that the other day. Yeah, he takes his helmet because... off. What's, what's Chief doing? I, I know, it's like, oh, it's a big reveal. Yeah. Weird. I, I don't get it. Mm. I was much looking forward, rather looking forward to the Neil Blomkamp version that we never got. Oh. Oh, well. Well, thank God he made that Gran Turismo film or yeah, whatever the right. fuck it was. Need for Speed or whatever. <laughs> yeah, shame. Then we have mm-hmm. David Denman as Dave Boone Benton. Uh, he was in Big Fish, After Earth, Logan Lucky, The Equalizer 3, and he will work alongside Badge Dale again in the upcoming thriller Rebel Ridge. Uh, his TV work includes The X-Files, The Office, Mad Men, and True Detective. And then we have Toby Stevens, British actor. He's Dame Maggie Smith's son, if you didn't know, uh, playing G- Glenn Bub Doherty. He's a GRS member in Tripoli. Um, so he's not with the team at the start of the movie, but he's still, you know, a part of them. It seems yeah. like he's been he's good friends like with these men. Management sort of thing, isn't yeah. he? He's like yeah. but oversees he knows, um, the operation he in Libya. Yeah, he's one of Roan's friends. Yeah. Um, and his film's roles, in, I know him best as Gustav Graves from Die Another Day. Yeah, I think that's yeah. how a lot of people were introduced to him. I think so, yeah. And he's also been in Severance, which is quite a good British black comedy. 
and a, a Hunter Killer with Gary Oldman. Um, yeah. TV work includes 2002's biopic of Napoleon. Um, Matt will probably know him from this one, Sharp's Challenge. Yes, he's very good in that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was. He plays, a, plays a real shit in that. Yeah, I think he was one of the leads in Black Sails, the pirate series, oh, yeah. um, which was on Stars. Um, and then he was in Netflix's Lost in Space. Matt likes that one again. Very good in that as well. I enjoyed that yeah. show. And from 2012, he's voiced James Bond in a series of audio dramas. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Then we have uh, the CIA members, um, and we have uh, Alexia Barlia as uh, Sonia Giuliani or Gilani. Yeah, Sonia Gilani. Um, she's a French actress. Uh, she's been in predominantly French productions, um, but she was in a British movie called What We Did on Our Holiday and a French series called The Forest and Falco. Then we have David uh, Constable as Bob, the chief of the CIA, the chief of the CIA annex. Um, and he's kind of, I mean, he's sort of the film's main antagonist, apart from all the militia men trying to get into yes. the embassy. Because there isn't, there isn't a main lead Libyan no, there's not. They don't do that. Yeah, which I'm it's kind of glad. Sort they of, didn't. sort of a um, homogenous. Yeah, it keeps antagonist in a way with, you know, uh, characters within the annex actually yeah. making things more it's difficult like for them. Bureaucracy is the enemy, I guess. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. say. Mm. So mm. Uh, David himself was in Lincoln, The Post, which is a fantastic movie, um, The Wire, Better Call Saul, Waco: The Aftermath, and Billions. Um, and shout out Shane Rowe for playing a CIA annex cook, who will come up later in the episode. Um, but he doesn't have many credits. Uh, 13 Hours is probably his biggest role to date, but he was in a film called For Her Sins and Deep Fear. And then rounding off the cast this week, we have the US State Department, um, who were attacked first. And uh, here are some of the main players. So we have uh, Matt uh, Lechner, or Lechner, uh, playing Ambassador Chris Stevens. Um, unfortunately, the ambassador himself was killed um, in real life. So he has an early role in Gettysburg, um, The Mask of Zorro, Gods and Generals. Um, we, we need to do those two, really, don't we? Gettysburg yeah. and Gods and Generals. We do, got yeah. a Blu-ray of Gods and Generals, I think. God knows how. Probably got the Steelbook somewhere, haven't <laughs> yeah, I? No, I've got the Steelbook of Patton. Uh, <laughs> mm. uh, his TV work includes The Larry Sanders Show, NYPD Blue, um, reverse. He was the reverse Flash in the Flash series, and he was in DC Legends of Tomorrow. So, how does one yeah. reverse a Flash? Well, does he does, does he arrive flashed and then become non-flashed? I think he runs quickly in reverse. Backwards. Perhaps does he I run backwards? Know. Yeah, I, I'm not a DC Just arrives, guy. I wouldn't know. Arrives without a Flash. I don't know. Oh, pop, I don't know. Do continue. I've I've wait, I've uh, really <laughs> stumbled on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then we have David uh, Gwintolly as Scott Wickland. He's a DSS agent, uh, part of the Ambassador security team. Uh, he voiced Batman in the animated features Batman, Soul of the Dragon and Doom that came to Gotham. And his TV roles include Grimm. He was in an episode of Key and Peele and uh, A Million Little Things. And then finally this week, we have Demetrius Gross playing Dave Uben, another DSS security agent. He's been in Saving Mr. Banks, Straight Outta Compton, and Rampage. TV works include Justified, uh, Justified, Westworld, Fear the Walking Dead. And he also voiced Sergeant Griggs in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019 in the multiplayer of that game. I think it's really interesting that he um, that he voices a, a character in Call of Duty. And then there's a mission in that Call of Duty called The Embassy, which, mm. if you've played it, heavily riffs 
off of this sequence of events like it it's it's sometimes it's like you know 100% recreating it i showed matt a video of it cuz i know he hadn't played it um yeah i haven't played that one what did you think it looked pretty much verbatim at times didn't it uh, the the bit I saw was a bit different, like it's a much bigger embassy and stuff. But yeah, the, there's a similar sort of vibe and bit plot we're on the roof, and they're coming yeah. through the the wood yeah, area, yeah. The, the grassy area. The the yeah. the bit where they're doing Overwatch, definitely. Uh, very much so. Very much so. Anyway, so that is my cast this week, and I've got to say before we quickly go on to production, I think the cast is is fantastic. I don't think there's anything wrong with any of them. Yeah, really. We talked about this before um, we actually began recording, but. You could have easily had a, a, a much bigger, more recognisable cast, and I don't think it would have worked as well. No, I think it would have taken a lot away from it, actually. I really it's do. It's that classic we'll thing, that isn't it? It's that classic thing where it's like, you, you're more engrossed in the film if you don't you are. Like, yeah. have well-known faces. I've got an example of this and how I think it works, but I'll, I'll say it in my final thoughts. So, Matt, okay, great. production this week. Well, let me start off by saying that the film had a budget of $50 million and a box office of $69.4 million, Matt which isn't a, me because... <laughs> isn't a massive success. Yeah, I am I am a little bit because apparently I always forget to do box office take. Well, I've I noticed the last production. three edits I've done, I've had to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're just you're just the expert on box office take and, and budgets, clearly. It's a good way of knowing whether a film it, was good or not. It's a, it's a solid metric, no, that's for sure. Um, so as I mentioned in the the introduction, the film is directed by Michael Bay, best known for Bad Boys, uh, The Rock, uh, Pearl Harbor, the Transformer films, yay. They've Armageddon. a billion dollars, Matt. You can't disregard them. They've I've never a seen a single dollars. fucking one of them, Rob. I've never seen any of the Transformer films. I watched the one where one turns into a Mark One tank from World War One. So, God, I that sounds awful. That, that sounds like a... His arm's the cannon. How cool is oh, that? Oh god. I just don't like my my brain is aligned with like scientific process. Not that I'm particularly scientific, but I just when Actually, I look I at think a, you'll a, find a car cannot transform into a robot. Exactly. Like why is it transforming into something else? Like why and why and, and then it talks as well anyway. How boring must you have been as a kid? Oh yeah, my Oh yeah, definitely. You didn't watch Transformers. My childhood was lit. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, I didn't bring all my friends around and bore them to death with why the Transformers films are <laughs> Just scientifically in front impossible. Of the big, big telly, yeah. be like, this can't happen. This Pause is rubbish. it, mother. I must tell my friends why the Transformers are not real things. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> anyway, Michael Bay, also known for Armageddon, uh, the ambulance, uh, and was also the exec producer on I, the. You uh, have to um, say, ambulance. Because it was written weird on the poster. Ambulance. Yeah, because it's... It, it... More like fucking ambivalence at this point. But as I was saying, he was also the executive producer on the Amazon uh, Jack Ryan show, which... Um, oh, cool, okay. Brzezinski so that's maybe was how in, he obviously. got... Maybe yeah, maybe, yeah, I reckon there must have been like a line up there. Um, so uh, the, the screenplay um, was uh, written by uh, crime and sci-fi novelist Chuck Hogan, who's written the Strange Trilogy with... Uh, Guillermo del Toro, um, which was later adapted to a multi-series TV show um, in the sort of like late 2000s, early 2010s. Um, and Prince of Thieves in 2004 um, was adopted into Ben Affleck's um, film The Town. Uh, oh, yeah, good that. Like that film. Yeah. 
Um, and it was based off uh, Mitchell Zuckoff's book um, of the same name. Uh, and he was he is an American uh, professor of journalism uh, at Boston University. And he writes these kind of big overarching books about events and, and such. Mm. Um, cinematography was handled by Dion Beebe, um, who is best known for Equilibrium, Collateral, Miami Vice, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, um, Michael, uh, Michael Jackson biopic, which is upcoming. And of course, really? one of his... Wow. Yes, I know. He's playing with, Michael with... Jackson. Did you find that out? Yeah, I did, actually. Um, Michael's being played by one of Jerome Jackson's sons. Wow. So it's a, a nephew. Yeah, That's going to be amazing. Wow. Wild. And, and uh, he also worked on uh, Mary Poppins' The Return. What a link to John Krasinski. Lead editor on the on the film, because I think it, with a Michael Bay film, it's kind of important to mention the editors because they do a lot of work, um, is Pietro Scalia, right? <laughs> like... Trying to fit all the explosions in. Lens flare. <laughs> <laughs> what's that, that that south park that's all i'm thinking of is a south park mickey taking very read like and then we'll have an explosion <laughs> well pretty much that is every michael bay <laughs> film, isn't is, it? Yeah. um he co-won an oscar for black hawk down he worked on mm. jfk goodwill hunting gladiator the great raid uh american gangster the martian and uh ferrari recently what a run and of solo that is i know it's an incredible career i mean if you they're just some of the ones i cherry picked out oh, because them kind of fit our, our uh, area of interest. Music was provided by Lorne Balf, um, who's done quite a bit of uh, soundtrack work, including uh, for Churchill, 12 Strong, uh, Mission Impossible, Fallout, The Tomorrow War, which we should do on the show because it's actually quite That's fun. That's a fun one. That's weird. That, yeah. <laughs> um, outside the Wire, Military Wives, and uh, most recently, Argyle. Um, Matthew Vaughan's uh, Argyle, which has just just come out. That's bombing, apparently. Yes. <laughs> the I, have, I was going to go and see it this week, and I never got round to it. So maybe oh. I'm not helping there. Um, <laughs> Matt, come on, they need you. They need my five pounds, or what? Well, my more the like cinemas need you. At this Price, point. They, they, they bloody need you right now. Help <laughs> them. And then just to dive into some of the military advisors on the film, we have uh, the real Mark um, Oz Geist 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 Geist. Go, oh, go. The real Mark Oz um, Geist um, was an advisor on the film uh, and was instrumental in getting some of the details right. And then a number of other people, including Harry Humphreys, who has worked on a whole plethora of films, including Tears of the Sun, Black Hawk Down, Bad Boys 2, Enemy of the State, Armageddon, The Rock. You know, worked a lot with with wow. uh, with, with Bay. Um, he was a uh, Vietnam veteran uh, with SEAL Team 2. Oh, wow. Um, he was in from like 58 to 71, so early, Dang. early SEALs too. Wow. wow. Um, really interesting career. Then did lots of security work and been consulted on films since, I believe, the 90s. Yeah, do a norm SEAL film and have him as the advisor. Come on. Right. Then we got Juiced uh, Janssen, um, who had a 12-year military career and was also a Navy SEAL. And then he was also a um, counterterrorism support direct hire by the CIA as well. So he had background within that. Yeah sort of sphere um who else have we got there's quite a few on the on the show there's kevin kent is another seal um kevin uh, had a 21 year um career uh he was with naval special warfare um as a, a chief of uh, warfare operations uh, an e7 uh for like 20 years uh worked on all sorts of different films including um navy seals versus zombies 
Tom Clancy's John. Uh, we should do that John, for the Halloween one. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> that does, we should do that. We should. Twelve strong. Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. Um, what else has he done? Let me just get it up. Uh, one second. And he's also worked on the Tomorrow War as well. Uh, the Five Bloods, the Last Ship, uh, and Behind Enemy Lines as well. So worked on quite a few different movies. Oh, you could you could do the siege with these with the advisors. I know, yeah. right? Um, then we got Mike Moriarty, who uh, worked as, a, as an advisor and a technical advisor. Um, and Taron Butler, who's probably best known for his more recent work on the John Wick films. Mm. Um, he's a champion shooter, um, specializes in very fast, precise, uh, close-up work. Um, and did all the sort of like gun choreography. Have you ever was... come across him in your profession? Like in your... I've never actually met him. I, I've walked past him and his entourage. You normally walk, mm. like, has a big crew with him. Um but I, I've met you know friends of his, and I I, I know a couple of people that um, know him professionally and stuff. But I've never. I'm sure, I'm sure you both looked at each other, and because game knows game, so I'm sure you. Um, I'm sure you. <laughs> I don't sure think you knew Taron knows who well. I am. <laughs> game knows game, Matt. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you where for on that one. Um, so it was it was uh, filmed on location in Malta and Morocco, yeah. uh, standing in for Libya. Obviously, Libya is still wrapped with. Um, you know, strife and uh, a little bit unstable, so obviously couldn't film in Benghazi, and that probably mm. wouldn't have been a good idea in 2016. Probably let's not. face it, no, no, um, that would have riled up certain sentiment again, I've no doubt. Um, and that, that kind of rounds out production. I know yeah. it's a little bit lengthy there with some of the advisors, but it's really interesting to to get an idea mm. of all the various people that were helping on the on the actual yeah. production. That talking talking about the advisors, there's a great behind the scenes. Um, feature yeah. on youtube with like all, the all of those guys are in it like taron yeah, butler's fantastic. helping one of the i think it's the the, the chap who plays um tanto mm-hmm. um on a on a uh, m249 the uh juiced is in there um i think harry humphreys yeah as a uh like a, and Mar- talks and through the process says- and stuff um, that he he's a bit of a gun guy. He owns like guns at home and things like that. Mm-hmm. And he was saying how you know after the training he was like, "Oh, come on, let's put some money down. You know, let's make a competition of it." And he came in third. <laughs> he was really <laughs> upset. And I think uh, was it? I think did Krasinski win? He said that oh, it's Krasinski yeah. or Pablo Schreiber Krasinski won, won and, yeah. and and Schreiber came second. Yeah, mm. that's a great little video. That I like it. Anyway, yeah, it's good. so good bit yeah. of background. Very good. That's the good thing about doing more modern films every now and then is that the, the extras are usually there to be found. Yeah, that's true. You can't say that about every film we do. Um, so the retro review this week comes from Tony Hawkins of Empire Magazine from the 25th of the 1st, 2016. And he gives a film three out of five stars. And I've got an extract for you here. On arrival in Benghazi, Silver is picked up by Tyrone Woods, who tells him you can't tell the good guys from the bad. That sets the tone for what follows. When the attacks come, it's literally a bloody mess. Vastly outnumbered, Silver, Woods and the team fight to keep dozens of militants at bay until backup arrives. The resultant battle is long and brutal. An exonerable collage of lost limbs and spraying blood, all presented in Bay's signature fast edit slow-mo style. It's it's an extremely tough watch. There's little stillness to counteract the chaos, and we never really get to know these men. Bay squanders the potential to explore the nuances of a politically sensitive issue, and instead instead descends into a gruesome display of war porn. Yeah, Michael Bay has no interest in your politics, other than slow motion shots of the US flag fluttering in the wind. 
I, I think the movie's doing a hell of a lot more than he gives it credit for. That review. yeah, we'll talk we'll talk about that later on um, the patriotic side of things because that's one of the things that came up a lot in I believe the the one word reviews. But that's a really interesting review. I think it doesn't quite give it the credit that I would give it. No, I think you you agree with me on that one. But we'll talk about that much later on. I'm well, sure. I, I always pick these reviews to get a reaction from you because that's the point. Um, but I think he's been a bit unfair because I mm. think that I think. The the line that rankled with me was you don't get to know anything about the men. I think you get to know just yeah. en- just enough about them. And yes, he, the first forty minutes of this movie is the men just doing their job, not fighting. Mm. And you get mm. to know a lot about them. And that's important because you need to know what they were there for. Yeah, They're there to exactly. protect CIA CIA operatives yeah. in the field. And the, the deeper so, reality of is it of it is that they're there because it's good money. And they've got families at home Absolutely. and they'd rather On not be doing this. Human level, yeah. You know, yeah. having done numerous tours of, of God knows where before in their military careers, I'm sure that the last thing they'd want is to go and do it again. You know, unless you're really into it and that's your life. But, you know, that there is a lot more at stake here. And there's discussion of that in the film. They talk yeah, about that, you know. There's a lot more at stake than Hawkins gives it credit for. I think it's, is it Rome that says he he went home and just didn't feel right? So he yeah, exactly. Came back out. But that's it, you know. Some some guys are military men, and they want to be military men for forever, and that's perfectly mm-hmm. fine if that's your career, if that's your calling. That's fine. So, on to the one word reviews, and it was another bumper crop of one word reviews. I think made about 60, 70 replies, which is always lovely. Absolutely love it. At fighting on film on X, or as we prefer to call it, Twitter. Yes, agreed. So, um, starting off with Stuart Urban. Uh, director of Ungentlemanly Act. We love always to hear from you, Stuart. Hope you're doing well. He says, stonking. Uh, Sari Thomas says, ta quali. Uh, Daniel Michael says, Jim. Lance Nielsen says, gripping. Uh, Dr. Waitman Bjorn goes with magatastic, which was interesting in the comments, I must admit. <laughs> um, some very interesting discussions going on this week. Some spats. I mean, I had to, I had to hover with the old hovering the... <laughs> fighting on film AC 130 just to check things didn't get too heated but luckily it didn't um we have Adam Christian goes with Bubs Ian McKellen goes with Thunderstruck AD Bond goes with Solid Jem Dudaku says Bay does better with lower budgets really good underrated uh Jack... that's not one word but I'll not allow it word. because it's true yes um Jack uh Badalier goes with Masturbatory uh Tall Bloke says Beardy Weirdy Nick Caravias goes with Where's Pam? Nice office mention there. <laughs> um, George says low angle, slow motion. Ian Miles, hubristic. And we will end this week with Scott M. Carpenter, who says tense. Hmm. It would have been actually quite funny if they'd gotten the lady that played Pam in the office to be his wife. <laughs> that would have been good. That would have been hilarious. They never like, got away with that. <laughs> struggling with the kids, you know, trying to get them through McDonald's and being like, yeah. Mommy's pregnant. And she's like, Oh God. Well, it's Pam. How so it's like Jim, Dunder Mifflin's really not coping. <laughs> You're having this weird <laughs> midlife crisis joining a GRS team. <laughs> that would be quite a funny office episode. Yeah, um, Jim's background is he was on on so... Gulf War One as a as a as a fucking like 16-year-old. <laughs> And he just ta- he just takes a job at a <laughs> Dunder Mifflin just to get away from it all, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was quite contentious this week. There was a lot of people who were sort of uh, talking about the, the the politics behind the events, and there were some so some like the movie, some don't. Yeah, and this has been it's on the, largely the around you know where the blame lies. That's the kind yeah, of, of politics course. side of yeah. it. Um, 
after things like this, people want to know why. You know, I completely understand. So I think, I think we're going to have to get into the alley tally because it's it's a big. Oh yes, roll that Acast ad. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's time for Ali Tally on Fighting on Film. God, I hope that ACAST ad had something to do with cool guns because we're about to talk about a lot of cool guns. Yeah, maybe it was for Huel. We'll never know. Probably, yeah. It's different for everyone's. It is. So, Matt, you're a resident gunman, and this movie has got guns galore. I'm going to start by talking about um, the cool pistol handling of John uh, Krasinski when he sort of like lands in country, gets in the car, and he's handed a uh, a six hour. I think it's a P226. Um, and he, he, he kind of like checks it cham- checks the chamber and then he decocks it. Yeah. Which is a really nice little inclusion. And he does that every time he handles a pistol in the film. He kind of like chambers around decocks it, which is the joke. Showing the professionalism of, of the people. And exactly. And that whole opening sequence perfectly aligns that these guys are seasoned, they're professional. Yeah. And he outlines the situation on the ground. As you've already mentioned, it's difficult mm. to you know um, differentiate who's friend and foe. And then that whole sequence, the tent sequence of the roadblock, is really good as well, which features um, like a, a technical with a KPVT, like a fourteen point five millimeter heavy machine gun, and it's like paint, like pointed straight at their their like yeah. land cruiser or whatever they're in. Um, it's a, I think cool. it's a landy, landy, yeah, land cruiser, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. I like it. It's it, the movie starts off incredibly tense. You you don't you're not battered over the head with like he was an ex Navy SEAL. You don't need that. You know, no. you, you just showing them comfortably handling a firearm is enough. Yeah. I, I like how proficiency it does it. kind of hints at their yeah. background. Yeah, I like it. It's just enough. Um so for me, um <laughs> and I'm talking way later in the movie. Um so there was there's so much to choose from this week, but I really love um Shane Rowe as the CIA chefs, uh, the CIA yeah, like annex. Two or three cook. scenes, doesn't he, where he pops yeah, up? He has a few scenes, but it's really good. I really like it because he comes out wearing a plate carrier over his chef's whites, and I think it's uh, Bub. Is it Bub? No, I don't think it is. It's Roan, I think. But is it or... Boone? No, it's Boone. It's Boone. It's Boone, right. Yeah. So Boone says, Are you ready for some action? I'm paraphrasing, but he goes, If anyone comes over that wall tonight, we're going to kick some ass. 
And then after that, you see him on the gun line, and he is armed with a Mossberg 500 Persuader shotgun. And I yeah. love Mossberg 500s because my dad used to own one. So I, I, I think they're super cool. And you get some um, great shots of him blasting out of a little, a little sort of, uh, what would you call it? Like a sort of, not not like a like a little window thing, like a little tiled window. Yeah, it's like a like a small gap in the wall, like a, like a gun loop almost, where he's like, well, it might even be on a gate, but he's kind of like blasting. Yeah, out he's of blasting that. away. But I like how that showed that at that point in the in the siege, everyone who could handle a weapon. I mean, little did we know he's, he's like a ten year Delta veteran, probably. Yeah, <laughs> and he just yeah. likes cooking. I, I want a movie from his point of view, you know? Yeah. Probably, oh, he's, he's left a pot on the stove. Oh, no. The rice pudding's going to be ruined, you know? <laughs> yeah. The station chief is like, who's left the cooker on? <laughs> yeah. This milk's boiling over. What's going on? <laughs> you never get it off that stove. Where, where's the lasagna? <laughs> yeah, I'm hungry. Come on. <laughs> These lads are gasping in here. They've been fighting a, fighting a siege. Um. But no, I just like how that scene just shows the all hands nature of the defense of the mm. annex. You know, everyone's playing their part. Um, and this, you know, the CIA guys are too. So I think by that point in the movie, I'm talking way before, you know, we really got into the meat of things this week. But by that point in the movie, everyone's kind of put their issues aside and they're fighting for the one cause to sort of save themselves and, you know, yeah. wait till yeah, the embassy's not overrun. Mm. And then another thing I thought was cool um, is. Rose's Salient Arms International GRY rifle with an EOTech red dot sight and a snub nose gel brake muzzle. Um, now the gun is anachronistic because it was developed in 2015. I have no idea why it's in the film. I've never actually cool. seen one before in anything else. It just I probably the armor was like got this really cool gun for Ron to have. It's, it's yeah, it's more ninja up to the tits with, Gucci. with accessories and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, this this film is a, a Gucci firearms film. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's and you can tell it's that John Wick influence. You know, you can see it in there. You know, the it is that I think coming through from maybe the maybe the 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 advisory teams had this input, be like, yeah, get him on one of them. You know, I'm not sure what real weapon the the guys would have had. There's a picture of um, silver. At the end, and he's armed with an MP5, so I'm not sure if that's mm-hmm. a picture from the time. I mean, time that's, that's or... an obvious close protection weapon for the kind of stuff they were doing with the operatives and yes. the, you know, the, the 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 field officers. But in terms of what they probably would have had, they probably would have had Mark 18s, which are short um, carbines. M4A ones are quite prevalent throughout the film. Yeah, there's a lot of guys. Um, with there's them. a yeah. lot of M249 action. And that's yeah. There's some really nice. It's like a Fabrique um, National advert at some point. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It is because like the the mini me action in it is is excellent because they, they, there's a great shot where they they all run to their rack. Yeah, and it's all their like ready gear, like throw on like plate carriers and and, and grab like that for me is stuff. like the scene in Aliens where they get their yeah, pulse rifles. Yeah. And yeah. like two of them pull off these M249s and they're like, they've got EOTechs, lasers, and like uh, they've got the, the the goofy looking heat shields that have been taken off them. Very cool. So they look like, like mini me Mark threes, very. Um, yeah. And then there's, there's, there's some really cool scenes with M240s, like FN mags, like really hammering and they, they get the sound really it won an oscar really for sound throughout. mixing or it was nominated it for an oscar for sound mixing i yeah. was about to say that um sorry that's that's quite all right it was oscar nominated at the i believe it was actually the 89th academy awards rob oh wow um 
Yeah. So someone's done the research this week and is a bit touchy about I did, it. I did. I I even got the budget and the box office. Well um, done, you. But I I like that initial um sort of like when they sally out to go and try and res- rescue the 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 ambassador, and they take an awful lot of firepower with them, and there's only like five of them that go. So they've got they've all got either like Mark 18s or that cool gun that Roan's got or the the M4A ones, um, and the the the, the minimis the M249s, and uh, I think it's I think it's Tanto that has the uh, HK uh, 69A1 40 mil grenade launcher. That's Krasinski. Krasinski. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so he has that, and there's a there's a technical firing at them, and it's his job to kind of like take it out. Yeah. And I love the fact that it takes him two because that's very accurate. You'd be very, you know, lucky to hit it in, you know, in the in the moment, hit it with the mm. first round at that range. Well, there's a definite the, in that section you're talking about. There's a definite like a uh, piston underneath the truck pushing it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's so it's so obvious to me. It just needs like that flip that shit. Flip it now. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's a very good explosion. Sequence. Yeah, we've got it. Um, gonna have it. Basically, that I I really I really like the chaos of that sequence. There's lots and lots of RPGs being spammed, and there's a couple of really cool scenes where there's like detail shots of guys that have fired an RPG, and they've either like they've missed and it's like ricochets off and flies off into the sky, or it, like one of them's hit by a, you know like a, a round like a burst from a mini me, and he like fires it into a, a car. Or like one explodes in a room later on. Yeah, there's one bit where really f- spams the, the, the there's RPGs one bit where the Feb seventeen guy comes out to help them. Um, seventeen Feb guy and he fires an RPG. And it bounces off a wall and like hits another wall. And one of the lads goes, oh, "I'm so pleased he's on our side." <laughs> like, thank God. You know, it's there's some great, great lines in it. Great squaddy humor. I love it. Um, um, in terms a, of all the, all the stuff that pops up. Um, with the with the Libyans and the the seventeen Fed dudes, like lots of AKMs, AKMSs, uh, an RPD pops up, yep, which is the older Soviet belt fed PKMs, as I mentioned earlier. The technicals are always like KPVTs or Dushkas, um, and of course, there's a there's a couple of dudes that run into the the State Department annex in like white dress shirts, yeah, with like chromed up AKMSs, yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. like firing them over their heads and they got like one they one arm them at one point as well yeah really yeah he's cool. like one arm in it yeah, yeah. There's, there's a load of really interesting bits within within that which i i haven't read the book but i assume some of them come out of the book so there's Must a bit be. where someone accidentally frags themselves yeah um there's that weird sort of moment where they're they're walking around the compound trying to find the ambassador and it's all gone a bit quiet and there's people milling around and you don't know who's friendly who's not um, and they walk past those guys in the white shirts and they've they've yeah. just been like blatting away at the embassy <laughs> yeah. at the annex. And then they're like then they have like a like an interaction with them which is completely normal and, and it's your fr- it's Americans a very, over there, your friends. Yeah. Yeah, really it's a eerie. very interesting mm. sort of like sequence. I mean to to round out my alley tally really that it's it's one of these sort of it's very if you know the term tactical, um mm. it's very much that, you know, you've got the you got uh, plate carriers on. Everyone's got plate carriers. They've all got like civilian shirts on underneath. Football jeans, kits boots. and schmergers. Football kits and schmergers. It's an absolute yeah. vibe. It's a strong I, I couldn't make out the teams or what they were, but it's a strong. I saw definitely. A, uh, I definitely saw a. I paused it. I saw a British 2007 
<laughs> rugby world cup shirt in there with the o2 branding on it <laughs> that's a pause so like, that's a british rugby logo what's going on there that's anyway crazy. that might be the that might be the mortar influence you never know next year yeah. end up with it on um so there's fouls as well isn't there fouls, yeah yeah um, and then you've got you know tanto in his shorts uh krasinski wears a punisher patch which i think the real silver may have done pretty pretty ubiquitous for that kind of guy yeah very much very in that much kind so. of period for sure you know and of course they've um, got their contractor beards because you know yeah you need them i think Rowan was like actually. strutting around in some ranger shorts doing his exercises yeah. that's a really funny bit where he's like in the in the yard like doing weights and he's like like grunting with the effort and the, yeah, the, the cool. station chief is having a chat with Krasinski and he's like, can you shut the hell up out the window? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But even down um, to the small things like their, their little rumpus room they've got with the mm, Xbox in it. And, and yeah. um, Tanto's having a game of, uh, I think it was like, I think it might've even been called a duty actually. Um, but that's a nice little thing. Apparently one of the, I think the character he was portraying was an avid gamer. Um, mm-hmm. or one of them was so that's a nice little call back to the actual team but it's it looks really lived in i really appreciate the set dressing in that sequence the mise-en-scene is and i was trying point. not to say it <laughs> i, I, I have to it's contractually i'm gonna to my make contract. a mise-en-scene shirt design and i'm gonna put it out this year i think but um it's just i think it's just one of those movies that it's if if you're a gun person and you like quite well shot firefights this is this is one for mm-hmm. you i really yeah. do Okay. Did you spot the Bedford? What? There's no. a Bedford. Is there a bed there? Yeah. So, you know the sequence where they're doing the arms deal and they're buying the SA7s, oh, yeah. the man pads, the uh, man portable air defense systems, like um, kind of like man portable air defense systems. Um, these guys like turn up and there's a very tense sequence. It's a Bedford flatbed. Oh, I didn't even notice. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, like make out the a model late but call I for clearly the Bedford saw report there we've Bedford. not had a Bedford report for months right lovely um, love to hear it yeah oh and you spotted something cool that we haven't mentioned yet oh yes um, in the bazaar very, very brief um, and this is if you know me and Matt you'll know we would have you know gone crazy the minute we saw it but there's a British um, 80s uh, man pad called a blowpipe and there's a later version of it called the javelin which get a very brief little bit of screen time when um when the gun traders are trying to sell Krasinski firearms. And it's just a really nice, it. just a really nice little... Well, they're, they're in those kind of like wine bottle shaped um, yeah. transport cases, so you can easily spot them. They're really cool. Very cool inclusion. Yeah. Yeah. A bed for a report and a blowpipe mention. I know. Amazing. I can't believe you didn't spot the Betty. <laughs> American it was listeners classic like, How British sky blue could this as well. section become? <laughs> classic sky blue. And it's it must have been the Malta connection. It must be, yeah. Yeah. Oh, did it get, get blown up? Get me a though? ratty looking pickup truck. Did it get blown up? Because it has no. to get blown up. Oh, wow. A rare survivor. Yeah. Oh, my God. So someone was like, You can't blow up my Bedford. You can't, <laughs> you can't yeah. do that. It's my pride and joy. Yeah. Anyway, on to favorite scene. It's not an RL. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Captain Dale Guy, and you're listening to Fighting on Film. I mean, I've already talked a little bit about that opener that I think sets up his character really, really well. Um, I've got a couple of others that I love the bounding exfil out of the um, the ambassador's complex. Very good. Yeah, it's textbook sort of like bounds. Really, really well done. Um, 
And I, I love the night vision sequences. I know, you, you've been talking They're about it so years. good. So me and Matt were talking about when we first saw this movie. So we think we both saw it week of release in 2016, mm-hmm. um, years before we knew each other. And then we both watched this together um, after we went to an airsoft weekender. And we were under the influence of a few beers. And I distinctly remember... So Matt, laddish. What, distinct, a, what a laddish weekend we've had there. I, I distinctly remember Matt <laughs> grabbing me. <laughs> like I think he got up from the other side of the room and grabbed my face and went, night vision sequence, like really pissed. <laughs> so I distinctly remember the night vision sequence because I got I got brain shake from it. <laughs> TBI. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it, it just does it really well. It's... It's, there's a little bit where they laser target and they kind of like call out their targets. Like, yeah. you see this guy, you see that guy, you see this guy over That's here cool. with PKM, that kind of stuff. There's a bit where they um, they they like do a laser lasso to like single their the location to uh, Toby yeah. Stevens when he's coming in yeah. with the. I'm laughing hard right dudes. now, guys. He goes, yeah. <laughs> and then it annoys me because that sequence really annoys me in terms of how they've done it because it looks like they're a lot bloody closer. Than they yeah. are, and then they take another yeah. like ten minutes to get. Then I'm like, how far away were they? They, they were like right on top of the base. I'm like, oh, it's just the edit there for me. Um, there's, there's some cool use of of like the 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 drone, the predator drone they have over go over. Like they can see the strobes. Yeah, they're wearing like I, uh, IFF strobes, so they know who's who. That's cool. Um, friendlies, which is a cool. It adds inclusion. a lot of depth. Those scenes actually it does. It, does. it adds some mm. like technical. Um, credibility to it in, mm. in terms mm. of what they would have done um you know the fact they can see them but they can't directly help them you know that that's quite all that tracer in the night vision it looks so good i know it's very well shot that sequence I must it admit. is yeah also I, quite I, like when the bus goes up that's cool yeah they're bringing up some sort of ied bomb yeah. or something and they go yeah. eyes on the bus guys <laughs> rounds on the bus and then for bay the bus goes up but it's quite it's quite it's a strange day, isn't it? I was expecting a mini nuclear explosion when that went up. But I was you expecting don't get the bus it. to turn into a transformer. <laughs> yeah. And it would like throw the bomb, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> not that. And he was like on set, like blocking that out. And he just he was he kind of spaced and was like thought he was on set of a Transformers film. He's like, no, no, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sorry. It's not a Transformers <laughs> film. Um so for me this week, my I think Matt's already talked about it a little bit. Um, the sequence where the GRS team finally make it across town to try and extract the ambassador. And mm. obviously we we know as viewers that it's not going well at the embassy. Um, and, the, you know, the the, uh, the the ambassador's been killed, unfortunately, and they're yeah. not going to know that until they turn Even up. Even that's done quite tastefully, I, really I thought. Really tense. You know, you do, you get the, you know, you, you know, you know as a viewer that it's going down. Something's mm. going to go wrong. You know, it's only a matter of time. They've got a very small security team. There's a lot of lads there. Roan and his crew know they're the only people in the area that can get down there. And they're saying, you know, you can't go there. You don't have permission. The chief's giving it to them. And obviously that is the most fractious part of the movie because the CIA say, no, he didn't say, tell them to stand down. And obviously, but all the men on the ground say, yes, he did. So that's a lot. The probably one of the most conject, um, one of the most fractious parts of the movie um, in terms of after the fact of the you know after the movie coming out. Um, but I just love the section where they they arrive near the near the embassy and they're going in. And Matt's already said it, but it's this hectic intensity of the the team are on edge anyway. 
because it's full of militants. It's full of men with, with AK-47s and, and guns trying to get you. And you don't know who's your enemy. You don't know who's your allies in 17 Feb. And they're all on edge. They're all saying, do you see those guys in that window? Have you seen those guys over there? It's really tense. But it doesn't... Yes, the edit is quite quick, but it does it in a more sort of realistic way. If you're hearing the men's worries rather than it having directly shown at you. So I really like that. And it does a good job as making you just as confused as the GRS members because anything could be a threat. I I really think it's a pattern. And that whole sequence of getting to the embassy and getting back from the embassy is really hectic. Um, I'd argue it's, it's more... It, it, for me, it's more powerful than the end sequences were on the, when they're on the roofs because there's so much at stake there and then you've, you've got the car going the wrong way yeah. and then they get swamped and then they just make it back. Like it, There's so much going on in those sequ- in that sequence. I think it's a really solid middle part of the movie. Really well done. Yeah, no, I agree there. Um, and we mentioned it pretty much in, um, in the alley tally, but I really like the Arms Bazaar sequence. Cool. Because of just the random stuff that pops up in that super, super short little mm. sequence. It reminds me of the Black Hawk Down gun market sequence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing we don't, we, we didn't mention was actually the, the FNF 2000 bullpup. Oh, yeah, that's a That, that was, became quite synonymous uh, with, with, with Libya and the Civil War, etc. Um, mm. And that kind of appears like there's a guy like lofting it up like... He's trying to sell it, yeah. Kind of like... No, it's good. Just trying to sell them on. But, it's, but no, that, that um, little sequence... But that middle sequence just is very well done, and it, and it, I think because I think people hear Michael Bay and they think, oh, it's going to be this thing or that thing, yeah. you know, because you're obviously thinking Transformers or you're thinking the other bombastic blockbusters he's done. But the, I think for Bay, I mean, we are sliding into final thoughts. I must as must always, admit. as always, why change your habit of a lifetime? But this is quite reserved for Bay, and the budget reserved Bay, yeah, reserved Bay, yeah, that. The budget isn't like a hundred million, one hundred fifty million. You're, you're working on quite a tight budget of fifty. I, I argue they don't make war movies like this right now. We, we've lost this mid-budget movie, and if we're getting them, they're going on streaming. They're not going theatrically, which they should be. Um, yeah. So I've I've come up with an example of a movie where th- this movie is in the same ilk as it. And if it had come out on if it had a theatrical, I think it would have done quite well. So this movie really reminds me of the outpost that we did a few yes. months ago. In terms of it isn't packed full of massive A-list stars to detract you from what's going on. So mm. the outpost has Orlando Bloom. He's the biggest name in it. Yeah. And there's an and Eastwood then, in there, isn't there? And there's a Chris Eastwood or Scott, sorry, Scott Eastwood, but you wouldn't yeah. necessarily know, you know, he's an Eastwood from looking at him. But this movie does the same with John Krasinski. He's coming off of the the office. He's just about to do Jack Reacher. You know, he's he's gone. On I, to I remember a big everyone star. being quite incredulous that he was going to do an action yeah, film. I remember it. People were taking the Mickey out of him and thinking, oh, you know, it's Jim from the office. But he he went down to eight percent body fat for this role. Like he put himself into it, and you know, he's he's a competent action star. And the movies he's gone on to do since this, you know, a quiet place. He's, he's probably going to be recast as Reed Richards in an upcoming Fantastic Four project. So he can do it, and. And this is why I think this movie works, is that it hasn't, you know, you could easily cast the, the chief as of Paul Giamatti. You, you could have put John yeah. Bernthal in as as um, uh, one of the GRS members. You probably, probably could have fit in a, a Chris Pratt in there if you'd wanted to, you know. Yeah. But the movie doesn't need that. It, it has a very strong cast of good character actors who are 
you know, not, you know, retelling events in a way, like the outpost is that. So, and I feel like, you know, the outpost, this did well on streaming 13 hours, I think more than it did. Yes, well I believe on, so. Yeah. Um, theatrically. And I wish that the outpost it continues had, to pop up in, 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 um, it does. in top tens as well over yeah. time, I, I think. And I wish that the outpost had had its theatrical chance because I think it would have made money. So I mm. think they're, they're at either end of the spectrum. Um, but I really enjoy this movie. I I don't think it's as bad as people want to have you believe. I think there's there is moments where the cliches and the the clunky dialogue and the, the flag waving jingoism comes in just a little bit too much. But yeah. then they do they do back off it a bit. So it's, I, I I was quite surprised that I know they don't give a face to the Libyan militias. No, um, but they do show them collecting their dead at the end. They do, yeah, and it it kind of shows the toll. Mm. Um, and that's really the only effort to humanize them other than, you know, the CIA translator who is a Libyan. And I, I love the sequence at the end where he goes, um, I'm going home. Um, and he, he doesn't go with the rest of the annex that's, you know, evacuating. Mm. He just goes home because he's local. Yeah. And um, Tanto's and like, you're going to have to sort this shit out, him. mate. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Um, I think to be honest, it's a good film. And that's that's a lot saying, you know, something for, for, for Bay. This is probably his best film since The Rock for me. Wow. You know, I gotta go there. It's one of my favorite Bay films. Yeah. Um, because I think I, I mean obviously, you know, if you know Bay Tropes, you might get it, you might not, but I think you'd be hard pressed to work out if this was a Bay film or not. I mean, some of the edits and the slow-mo mortar round that comes in and the explosion mm. that kills Roan and Bub. Um that's it's just very, very post John Wick for me. Like every action movie went a bit John Wicky. It's it's just like any 2010s action, isn't it? That's yeah. That's the style they went with. But I think that takes us into the trope tally. Oh, you've done a trope tally. You always do Absolutely. these about telling me to get my. I know. Okay. How so dare you up, jump on me like this? <laughs> first up, we've got flashbacks to his family. Always, where yeah. He kind of like flash flashes back. Some of them are. I, I like the the use of technology he's doing. Like trying to like send a signal, trying to send off like a video message about yeah, his wife yeah. being pregnant. Trying to like zoom chat with him before been, Zoom that wouldn't was have been a as thing. Easy as now, yeah, yeah. Right, I know. Like doing AOL like video chats and stuff. Um, the station chief. This is his last job before retirement. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Tanto that says, "I've had enough of this 2012 Alamo bullshit." Uh, lo lovely line some great lines beautifully self-aware line I thought that yeah, was very yeah. good um, last stand classic line uh, including uh, can we hold on gets gets shouted at one point yeah um, air support isn't coming is another classic yeah. agreed um, yeah. uh, there's a character with a new kid and a new chance and he's killed it's Rowan yeah yeah He's like yeah. they have this little heart to heart on the roof, and he's like, yeah. "Well, that you know, that was got my true second chance with my kid." That, well, it was, but it's, I mean, it that was fits true perfectly. It fits perfectly within that that kind of actioner trope. Um, but that's a nice little scene. It gives the characters a little bit of weight, it and it's a yeah. it, it's a good sort of palate cleansing moment mm. within you know the the action. Um, there is one scene I absolutely hate, though. But I'll get to in a minute. Okay, well, I've got two more on the trope tally. So okay. we've got slow-mo character death by artillery. That's it. Following the artillery shell, the mortar round coming in. Yeah, I'll, I'll have that in a minute. And then we've got 
the pan over the fallen US flag in the pool in the um yeah, that, that's complex. The, okay. That's the one thing that really was like I felt the sledgehammer it's, of patriotism. It's a well-known well fact in my head. that every Michael Bay film has to have a slow mo pan across a US flag. Okay, it's in all his contracts. I'm I'm assuming. Right. I thought it was like a like a sure. director trope or something. You know, like a definitely like a is trope. though, isn't it? Like I'm, okay. I swear to God, like every trailer for his films always has one. Mm, yeah. Okay. It, it, it's. Yeah, it it as I said, I felt the sledgehammer hit my head of jingoism. I was like, yes, I know. Kind of turning that that on its head. Normally, it's a jingoistic thing. I mean, let's face it, this isn't as bad as say the battleship. Oh um, God, no, no. This this isn't <laughs> for, for this isn't military industrial complex. The movie, you know, yeah, like that was the point. Um, I think it illustrates quite graphically, actually, that you know, America is fallible. Things can yeah, no, wrong. I think I think it in um, its ways is a little bit anti-establishment at points. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, so for me, the t- the two scenes that I really hate is one that flag sequence, but then mm-hmm. I really hate the demise of Toby Jones's character. Now I know in the actual siege he was killed by a mortar round, but it's the way it, that it's done. It's kind of lost. Yeah. So so Roan is hit, and then the movie goes slow motion, and you get this scene where uh, Toby Jones is going no Roan and he's like putting his hand out mm-hmm. and then you see another mortar round come in and explode and then it cuts back to real time and it, it was just too just too tropey for me too cliche like yeah. I don't I don't need that I'd rather have him maybe go to help just maybe out of out of shot even from someone else's perspective like do more yeah. with that because we've been at, at this point in the movie no one who we are 100% like who isn't 100% the main cast has been killed the ambassador's been killed but they kind of do that off screen in a way they do um, they don't show it yeah no they don't show it um which is and probably then, a good choice yeah and i think it's remarkable you know that none of these men were hit until the mortar rounds came in i think that's incredible yeah. anyway um but i just felt like their deaths could have been dealt with a little bit better but then mm. i think the aftermath of them when you see krasinski's anger at the delta force guys you know dropping the bodies off of the yeah. roof to yeah. get them into the, the 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 trucks to take them home i'm i think you know that's done really well there is a lot of mm. weight there in krasinski's performance i mean you, you see his anger at the he's angry at the situation he's not necessarily he's obviously angry his friends are dead but he's more angry at the why they're dead and i think that's yeah. handled quite well um and i just wish we'd had more toby toby stevens i wish we'd had more of him because he's a very good actiony role he guy. Is, he's and- good at it you know, I mean, obviously the character was killed in in the, yeah. in the mortar attack, and you know that that is tragic that you know so many people were killed in the incident. But his character is set up as being you know very important. He's seen as like mustering a scratch QRF yeah. reaction force and, and making heaven like making heaven and earth move to get as many guys as he can and as much you know as many assets as he can down to Benghazi yeah. to try and save the annex. And you can only scratch um, up like six dudes. It's like really. Yeah. It's you like know. two Delta dudes turn up and he's like, yeah. this is it. Like, okay. So they just, Those Delta like, dudes look the... cool as F though, don't they really? There's, there's a bit of drip there. Um, very looking cool. Big beards. Love it. And he's established and you think, oh, he's going to like have you know, some, you know, it's a Michael Bay film. He's going to have some cool action scenes. And he has a little bit where he's on the roof and stuff, but it's, it's very quickly kind of yeah, has that scene with the slow-mo. But again, if that's what happened in, you know, mm. 
in, you know, exactly. during the event. Then... And it is quite, it's very respectful to the men that died at the end, showing the stars on the wall. And, you know, at the end you have the, the classic, this is what happened to them after. And you, you learn that Geist's arm was helped, was reattached because the, the, yeah. the government re-enlisted Nolly. him so he could get military aid and that's it that bit with his arm is uh, mm. brutal you know handled really well and it still shows how how much these guys are committed so he's you know he's clearly having a severe blood loss you know trauma and he's like no pistol now you know when it looks like they're going to be overrun yeah. it's it's hard it's hard as nails you know the, all these guys are um and i just yeah just at the end of the day i think it's a decently shot well acted well cast action flick and i don't think you can go wrong with it really I tend to agree. It you know the scale's good. The 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 building the of politics tension, aside, you know, yeah, uh, the 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 tensions you know well constructed. The flow of the film's good. It's a classic Last Stand format, and um, we all know Matt loves that. I mean, who doesn't love Last Stand? Film? It's cool. Yeah, you know, it, what you're it literally is 2012 Alamo. And if you like, if and if you haven't seen the Outpost and you've seen this, then you will enjoy the Outpost, and vice versa. If you've seen the Outpost and not Thirteen Hours, you'll like this one. Yeah, probably true. They are very kindred yeah. spirits. So that was Thirteen Hours: The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. We rather enjoyed it. Um, you know, there's a lot more going on in the background there, but you know, we're a film podcast. There's some great articles out there online for you to learn a lot more about what actually happened. Um, and yet, do join us again for more war movie reviews. Next week, we have a special with Hattie Hearn of the IWM Duxford talking all about the real history behind Masters of the Air. So do catch up with us for that one, and we will catch you again soon. Join the socials, leave us a review. We'd love to read them. We'll catch you again next week. Bye-bye, folks. Bye, guys. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.